Welcome in to another edition of the SCJ Preps Podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. My name is Zach James. I'm the assistant sports editor here at the Sioux City Journal. And alongside with me, as always, is sports editor Justin Russ. Coming up in this episode, we'll talk about some of the area teams basketball-wise and wrestling-wise as we're right in the thick of the middle of the second half of the winter season, if you will, and some teams are just getting back from the getting recovered from the snowstorm and um, hopefully there won't be any more roadblocks that mother nature provides us between here and well until next until next winter until the fall season comes around so hopefully mother nature will quiet down from here on out we'll start out uh the podcast this week we're talking about the lamar's boys basketball team as they beat sergeant bluff luton this week 55 to 50 on Tuesday night, and barn burner of a game. Um, Lamar's getting out to a 21 to 12 clip in that third quarter to kind of make the difference. It was close throughout. Sergeant Bluff tried to make a run in the fourth quarter, they did outscore the Bulldogs 20 to 14 in that fourth quarter. But Justin, as I bring you in here, um, that's that's a huge win for Lamar's. And I we I know we talked about him a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but but. I, I know Sergeant Bluff is struggling, and we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But just going back to the Bulldogs, this is a really good win for the Bulldogs. Yeah, it keeps that streak going. And, you know, this it was a home game, so it does help. They do have Abe Lincoln next on Friday, so another test. But, you know, they just keep passing test after test. And, you know, after going one and three to start the year, they, they, they have really started to roll. And this is. This is the biggest one in that stretch, probably bigger than Unity, the Unity win. So, you know, they just keep picking up nice one after nice win. Just seems like they're playing really good defense yeah. in this stretch, too. The most points they've allowed this year is 66 to Western mm-hmm. Christian. Western Christian's been able to put 70 on some folks. So, you know, allowing 66 to Western Christian isn't that bad. They allowed 60 to West. That's the second most they've allowed. So, only two games of 60 or more points. So, they're doing it with defense. They even held Lincoln to 57 points the first time they, they played him. And, now they're getting the offense with that defense uh, uh, as well. They weren't scoring as much early in the season. Now they're getting things going. And, yes, I know 55 points isn't that much, but when you're holding teams that having 55 points and you're holding them to 60, keeps you in every game. So uh, defense has been the name of the game for, for Lamar's in this one. And when, you, when you have a nice little trio of Spencer Mackey, Isaiah Toki, and, uh, and um, Caleb Dreckman, that, that, that's really doing well and, for you. And these types of games – especially the ones that Sergeant Bluff has played in the last month or so. It's kind of been like Big Big Ten-style games. You win with defense. That's what you're supposed to win with. Yeah, it's nice to put up 60 to 70 a night, but there are going to be those types of nights, and Lamar's has certainly had them this season, where getting to 60 is going to be a struggle, and you have to find a way to defend well, and they certainly have, and kudos to the Bulldogs for doing so, and and just by going – Looking at their quick stats, both Isaiah Toki and Jackson Bumgardner both had 20 steals. Trevor Smith had 22 steals. And Alex Dreckman with, with 19. Um, Toki with nine blocks. I think that leads the team. And this team doesn't foul a whole lot, 170 fouls. Toki has 28 fouls on the season. Um, they So it, it, it seems to me, without watching the film of the Lamar Sergeant Bluff game, that that and just getting a read on Lamar's that is that their defense has strengthened in the last couple of weeks. 
Exactly, and that, that'll lead them to a lot of wins right there. I mean, they got Lincoln here, and they got Helam, and they got Jefferson, and North, and those are, are three teams that are down in Cherokee. Actually, has some de- some de- some wins this season. Uh, they they have a winning record right now, from what I know. Then West, East, Vermillion, and, and East, and that's you. That that's a tougher schedule in the, the season. So a little bit of gaps, and we'll see how they end the season too with this defense. But for Sergeant Bluff, it seems like it's go yeah. time because they're really struggling lately. Um. Not just lately, kind of all season. They started the season one of their first three, and they've lost. They, they did beat Jefferson on, on seven of the night, last nine, forty-one. But yeah, seven of the last nine. They lost to Dungeon Schlesling on Thursday by three, where they only scored thirty-three. And they're just they're just struggling to score, and it happened again here with only 50, 50 points against Lamar's, and they got held to five points in the second quarter. They had thirteen in the first, five in the second, twelve in the third. They're just twenty in the fourth, but it's just a little too late there. As, as Lamar's got some scoring on them in the third, and it's just I just feel this team should be scoring more. They it just seems they really miss the outside shooting of Connor Groves right now, and they really haven't been able to figure out how to distribute the ball and get the three pointers they need without Connor, who's at Briarcliff right mm-hmm. now. And you know I think teams are collapsing on 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 Daniel Wright and forcing everyone else to be. Yeah, and, and a lot of teams are playing a type of zone, whether it's a 2-3. I've seen 3-2 played against them, I believe. Dakota Valley played a triangle and two um, on them late. And you're right. They do focus on Wright and Jake Lehman. And when you focus on those two, other guys have to step up. And I just don't think that's happening right now for, for the Warriors. Sir Cook showed is right there. He entered – the night averaging 10.2 points per game with 92 points. But Jock Majuk is right there with 64, 6.4 points per game. So I would like to see a little bit more production come out of everybody else not named Wright or Lehman because they are being shut down right now. And I get everyone else is being shut down too. I get that. Guys need to step up. This is go time for the Warriors. And yeah, when when Daniel and I talked after the Stinos Classic game and and when they lost to Omaha Scott, Daniel told me, these are just scrimmages. These will just prepare us for the postseason, which, yeah, that is true. But you got to get some momentum built before the playoffs. And yeah, and these regular season games don't necessarily matter. They do in terms of seeding, sort of. But in the grand scheme of things, Sergeant Bluff needs to get start getting on a roll. And what better time to do that than now? You can't wait until February 18th when you play South Sioux because then you play Lewis Central right after that. And, and Sioux City West is playing fairly decent. They weren't happy with their defensive performance in the win against Jefferson on Tuesday. But it has to start going now. And it has to start going now. Because if – yeah. Because if not, they're going to be placed in the same same districts and everything as, as mm-hmm. Lamar's. So, um, so you, you kind of got to watch it. And and the fact of the matter goes, I don't think Jake Layman's producing like he should either. This is a guy had major offseason hype. 11 points and his rebounds aren't even close where I thought they could be. I don't think he's doing enough. I, I think Derek Fitzgerald needs to be doing more too. That's me nitpicking right now. It is. I mean, they're, they're, they're two guys following Daniel, but. They're outside Daniel, it just it just hasn't been consistent. Derek Fitzgerald started well, and, and you know then he got sick, and it, it, he's never really recovered. Um, I don't know. They're just not getting that offense production. I thought they would out of Layman, and 
and Fitzgerald, I thought it'd be three major guys there and a fourth guy really stepping up. Fourth guy hasn't stepped up, but even after Daniel Wright, it's 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 iffy what you're going to get out of your, yeah. your two and three. So yeah. that needs to get figured out before we get to the playoffs because, I mean, honestly, yeah, the, it, it's all scrimmages until then, but, you know, that's the same thing for everyone. Yeah. Lamar's can say that. And they're only gaining more confidence right now knowing they can beat them. So you could be placed in there with Lamar's. I think Western Christian is two way, so we don't have to worry about them there. But Denison Slush League is picking up some momentum too. So that's something they could get placed in with. So you look at kind of the three A teams I could get placed in with, and it could be dangerous. Lewis Lewis Central's four A, I believe. Yes. So they're so they don't have to worry about that. So I don't know. Just with where they could get placed now, because they're not gonna be the ones where people are gonna travel to. And we'll see Floyd Valley is three A. Uh-huh. So now you got to worry about them in that aspect. Harlan is three mm-hmm. Just you know, do they put Harlan in the same one as, as this? I, I don't think they do, but there's a lot of factors here to look at. Uh, and that Carol, someone they'd have to look at. Spencer, who has a win. I mean, Spencer lost. Denison, Spencer, even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Denison. You know, Spencer. Someone that could be in there that could be trouble. And you know, so they've got to get this offense threat figured out or Spencer could even knock them off at this yeah. point. So they need to be more consistent offensively and they need to figure it out before postseason. Cause, but the Lamar's, the Lamar's Sergeant Bluff game was not the offensive display as Dakota Valley. And West no, one was not. And those two played a heck of a game last night. That's, that's no knock on Sergeant Bluff and, and, and Lamar's West Sioux and, and Dakota Valley played a really good game last night with, uh, uh, Dakota Valley getting a very, or I'm sorry, Westu getting a very good third quarter to pull away in that one, and and the top ranked Falcons uh, handed the number four ranked at Dakota Valley on Class A in South Dakota the loss, and and Westu last year ended on a disappointing note for Westu. This year, they've really been playing well in the games that have exactly mattered. You know, we'll score an 86 against. Against Dakota Valley, that's that's quite the night right there. And 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 yeah, you're right. And they're scoring so many points tonight. And and this is sort of a knock to Briar Cliff. I'm sorry, but I'm sure West Coast scoring more points on right now than Briar Cliff is. And, and that just shows you how much balance there is right now with the Falcons. And it, it showed in the score sheet on Monday night with Bryce Topic leading the way with 27 backs to Walsh having a double double with. Uh, 26 points and 12 rebounds. Hunter Deckers scored 19, and then Mason Coppock scored 10. I think Deckers had 30-plus in the winning its game win on Tuesday. So uh, this this team is trucking right now. This team has something to prove. They're, they're not coasting. They're not doing anything of that sort. And you mentioned last year that they fell short, and yes, that's true. I think that is on the back of their minds. I think football is on the back of their minds, too. I think they wanted to be – how do I want to say this? Like, like you know how college heads the Learfield Cup with best college program? Yeah, but – I think what he, he, would have been in the running for that if there were a high school thing. I think they I still know, could, could say then you, then you, then you could say I, – I don't I don't know if one of the things, too. You could say it about baseball, too. And yeah, that, too. So, yeah, that, too. I think they've shifted – I think they have shifted. Yeah, I think they know – yeah, I think football's on their minds a little bit. But – it, it's different because, you know, what are you going to prove against West Line in, in, in basketball? That's where the chance of let's play football really bother me sometimes because it doesn't, doesn't matter. It does, I, I hate those chance. <laughs> let's play football. Let's play football. So you're, 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 you're defeatist mentality there. You're just saying we suck at this. So the people on the court don't matter because football matters and this doesn't. 
you know, it's like let's play basketball during a baseball game or, or let's play basketball during a football game. Like that, that chance is well, no, no one cares about it anymore. You don't, normally, the whole, you only normally see chanting student sections at, at baseball and softball games, which is weird because you think there could be. But, but yeah, I, the, that chant, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I like when student sections kind of – kind of go after each other a little bit and friendly fun, but I understand what you're saying there too. I mean, it's nice, but, you know, if West Line starts chanting that to West Sioux, it, it doesn't matter because they're going to get blown out in basketball and you're just, it's a defeatist mentality of we, we suck at this. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really like it. I, I think it's overused and outplayed. And in this aspect in terms of, I mean, Wasu, I mean, I don't know who really slows them down for the rest of the year. I think they'll have another game against um, – uh, they have South O'Brien coming up uh, next Friday. Then they have Unity. So those are two yep. nice games there too, but I don't know if Unity has the firepower. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised they're receiving votes. Uh, then you got Remsen St. Mary close to the end of the year. Um, I just – I don't either. They've already got the – I know where you're going, and I don't think they, so either. It, I, the South O'Brien game is interesting because it's the first game of the year, but they're 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 coming back from football. So I want to see how South O'Brien does against them because South O'Brien's a team that can score as well. Jackson Lauscher and Tristan Wilson have made a very good one-two combo. So that's that's the one game I've got circled on there. The rest of it, I don't know. I need to see more out of Remsen before because it's been shown if you shut down Spencer Shore, you can beat him. Yes. So South O'Brien, no one's been able to – I mean, they, they've got a well-balanced attack of, of – uh, Tristan Wilson, Jackson Lauscher, and, and Zeke Lundquist does a good job for him. So that'll be the game there, but I just don't know who slows him down. Not just not just in the conference, but maybe all in 2A because they, they've got such a good attack that I don't know who slows him down. I think North Lynn would play with him. I think North Lynn would play with him. I think no. Mance would play with him. I don't think North Lynn could. North Lynn last year, yes, but without Jake. Oh, Hill, God, last year, that. yes, but – yeah, last year, yes, but Northland is not the same team this year. Um, Northland's averaging 80 a game. I get it, but who have they played? Who's this, who's, who's this, who's this team that they've magically played? Calmus Wheatland? <laughs> oh, I'm looking at their schedule right now, too. You're right. They, they've blown everybody out of the water, and the Tri-Rivers is way watered down this year. I, I agree with you, but 86 points, a four- 86-point average is still an 86-point average. Yeah, but I mean, if you're playing nobody, an 86 point average is easy. We did, I, we just saw this with with Suleiman Christian. So that's the thing there. I, I'm I'm wondering if they they've played such an easy schedule right now. I mean, Calmus Wheatland, I see a lot of red there. They're coming on a little later, but there's a lot of red there. Um, Midland, a lot of red. One wing, uh, Albertnet, who they gave up 61 against tonight. That's their best opponent, really. They have four losses, so 61 to them. So you have to imagine West Sioux is way, way better than Alburnett. East Buchanan, lots of L's. Uh, Springville. They've got some wins on there. They they only have three losses, so there you go. Um, that was 72-47. So 72 points is their season low against a team with three losses. Edwards Kohlberg, three losses. So they, they've played some people, but there's no one on this, this list that really – Let's put it this way. West Sioux has way more quality wins. Yo, I'll agree with you there. Now. I'll agree with you there. I mean, they've played – they've got three ranked wins already. Try to count so, how many win, ranked wins uh, Command has. 
I almost said Cascade. So I, mean, I can't make Actually, me. four ranked wins because you have Western Christian as a win as well. So they've got wins over four ranked teams right now. That's pretty good. I should say I, I don't I, know if there's I, anyone else in two. I, I should say that. the Tri Rivers is watered down. That's not necessarily true. Eastern Valley is number one in one A. They own the Tri Rivers, but still, my point still stands that the Tri Rivers, for the most part, is is watered down. And and Command has one. I don't know if Cascade. Would, I don't remember if Cascade just ran early in the season. I think they were. They blew Northeast out when they were ninth. Um, they beat Cascade again on Tuesday night, fifty nine fifty two and. Probably one of the toughest places to play in the state, um, and they don't. And they, they face Indian Creek on Saturday at the uh, Otten's tournament in Fulton. But I agree with you. I think it's West Sioux's title to lose. But I think Command would knock on I'm the not, door. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna go that far. And I do think Northland's a pretty good team. I just don't. I I can't say that they'd stick with West Sioux right now just because they haven't played anyone yet. I do think they'd put up some points. I don't know if they'd put up eighty some points. Which I think West Sioux could do against them because if they want to get out, they they run a running style at Northland, correct? Yes. Do you want to run a running style against West Sioux? No. I I really I because it's well they, they, they can do it. They, if you knew you could play a Grinnell type game with them, maybe, but otherwise, probably not. You'd want to slow it down. Oh, if you want to play a Grinnell type game with them, they'll just keep Hunter Deckers there and beat up anyone else you want to put up inside against them. They'll go back and play the Grinnell against you and cherry pick down low with Hunter Deckers and get you there. So I, I think I think that that's the good Although thing Bob about. Hillman would never do that. Bob Hillman would never play a Grinnell style type. No, no, he would not he would never do that. So here here's the deal. West Sioux can play any style you want. They can run with you. They can play physical with you. They can play both style. They can play a half court. They can get out and run. They 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 can press you. They've got the athletes for all of it. That's what makes them so dangerous. And Northland can do that too. Comanche can do that. It'll be interesting. I'm not gonna. I think. I think West Sioux is the favorite. Yes, right I, I absolutely think so too. But I don't think it's as big of a gap though. But I really like. I mean, this one against Dakota Valley is absolutely huge because that's a team that can get out and run it too. And they, they held them in check, but they held Remsen St. Mary's in check. You know, South O'Brien's team. I want to see how they do. That'll be a good yeah. test again. Um. We'll see what the score of that one is, but I, I really want to see that West Sioux, uh, South O'Brien score of what comes across that and see yeah. how South O'Brien can do against So them. I'm putting the cart before the horse, horse here a little bit, but we do have three ranked teams this week in two-way. West Sioux being number one, Boyden Hall being number five, and West Christian being number eight. Of those three, how many do you think get to Des Moines? I, I think it's too early to tell because we haven't seen the brackets. We don't know how they're going to divide it up. I'm not. I'm not going to go that route because we don't know how they're going to get divided up. For football, you can do that. For basketball, it's tough because they. I mean, South O'Brien's far enough away that they might not even get close to that district. Same with Remsen. Remsen can put in a different district than West Sioux too. They're they're far enough away where they can get. They all could end up in three different. Yeah. Yeah, that. Or they could all get put in. Or they could all be put in the same district too. So it's it's tough to say. I I I can say I can say three right now, but until we know who's in their district. Districts, it's, it's tough knowing to what I think the state is gonna do. I think two will make it to state. I do think Western and West Sioux will be in, be placed in the same district. I, I the boys don't necessarily protect the ranked teams as much as the girls do because it's not their own poll, obviously. But I, I do think 
Northwest Cyber does have some does have some richness with well, the boys in Boone. Yeah, you gotta factor in Yeah, you gotta factor in what are they gonna I mean Boyden Hall and Western Christian get they'll get placed in the same one to get the state. Where's Rock Valley gonna go? They're always right. dangerous even though they're not as good this year, so it's it's tough to say until we see where everyone gets placed, who gets sent north or south or east or west. It's it's really tough to One say. One more from this game. What does this do for Easton not for Easton Valley, for Dakota Valley? What does this loss do to Dakota Valley? Does it affect them at all, do you think? Oh yeah, it gives them stuff they have to work on, you know. Get a few more defensive stops here and there, you know. Because there's always things to work on. Even as as Don Putzwitz will tell you, even when you're blowing out teams by 35, there's always something to find to work on. Did she say that so, after Sunday's win? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's in my story. Oh, okay. It's at the end of my story. Yep, yep. There's always something to find. They're going to look through the film. They're going to find something. And Tuesday, they came back and found something to work on. Guaranteed. So, I bet they did too. Duffy, uh, uh, Sierra or uh, Kiara Duffy said that too. Kiara Duffy said yeah. that too. God, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say um, because her name is spelled yeah. different yeah, than it's exactly. pronounced. So, I mean, they've got some tests coming up. So, they I mean, do. Yeah. It, it's not as many as they had before, but. They've kind of gotten through the heart of their schedule. Um, unless Sioux Falls Christian is better than I think. They're 7-1. and one, So you got Sioux Falls Christian coming up. So you need to find a way to slow, slow it down. You need to, or not slow it down, but get a few more stops on that end. You know, and if not, you got to find a way to keep up offensively. Um, I think they found a way to shut down um, some parts here. Paul Bruns had, had 28 points. Isaac had, had 13, but that's a pretty big gap right mm-hmm. there. He probably needed a few more points on Isaac. Maybe a few more points out of Alex Zephyr um, in, in that aspect. So kind of get a little more scoring from some areas there, not just Paul right there is, is what you can look at. That's nitpicking in a game right. like that. So. Yep. I think Dakota Valley's fine. I think they needed a loss like this to kind of, like you said, like what Don said, find some things to work on and, and get stronger as, as the Dakota, South Dakota playoffs get near too because they're going to have – Dakota Valley's going to have a pretty good shot to uh, make a deep run as well. Yeah, they do have a pretty good shot. And like I said, their losses are to West Sioux and MLC Floyd two, good two, two, in my opinion, two top five yep. teams, one ranked number one. So um, I wonder how good – Vermillion's five and two, so they're decent this year. Um, Del Rapids is usually good. I'm guessing they're good again this year. They're five and two, so they're good. Um, Lennox is, from what I know, not very good. I wonder how Madison – Madison's six and one. So they still got some tough games on that schedule yet. So. Yep, absolutely. Uh, looking at the next team here, Siouxland, we talked a little bit about them last week. Siouxland Christian suffered their first loss on uh, suffered their first loss of the season to River Valley. And tonight, uh, Tuesday night against Ridgeview, they were trailing by one point going into the fourth quarter. Had a huge fourth quarter to get the win. Um, so what is Dakota Valley is my question. Uh, you know, they, they blew out MOC, MVAOCOE, yeah, yeah, yeah. 70 to 55 on Monday, but they've got the lost river Valley. They've got the win over Ridgeview, which is going to look nice on paper, but they chilled going in the fourth quarter. Nelson was saying that they're missing Jonah DeRoos and that loss to river Valley that really affected things. But considering the scores that have been coming in and the stats have been coming in. Yes, it's a loss. Yes. It's their leading score, but Jonah was out. Dalton Bois with Jonah out only had four points in that loss. Um, is this team all Jonah Derus no. and, and Christian Helbuth? No. Because that's that's what he made it seem. 
I just want to say it's not. But if you're missing someone that and that impacts you that much, there's something missing from a dynamic here. Then uh, it's not Jonah. It's all it's not all Jonah because there's four guys averaging in double figures right now. Dante Boys is averaging 14 and a half. Christian Howard is averaging 13, and Cameron Pearson is averaging 10.3. And, and Pearson's doing well on the boards too. So is Albert. But but is Jonah the but is Jonah the one that makes him go? Because he also well, he he also wasn't listed as a double figure guy today, and they and they were struggling against Ridgeview for three quarters. So was, and that concerns me. If Jonah's the thing that makes you go, and you struggle without him scoring points, every team's going to notice that, and that's going to be their game plan there. So I, I don't like how they can average what they're averaging for points, but you take one guy out of it, the whole team kind of goes. Yeah, and and maybe. Tulane Christian needs to find a way to get more balance so that if Jonah's having a bad night, someone else can step up and have a good night. Maybe it is. Maybe Jonah is the spark that runs the engine of this team. And if it is, he needs to find a way to get open more often, find ways to get off of ball screens, find ways to move off the ball. Because I knew, I know that was something he was working on in the off season. So he needs to go back to that. Maybe go back, not necessarily to square one, but maybe to square two to the beginning of the season. Find what works there and go back to it. Because if you're changing what what helps you at the beginning of the season, that may not be able to work. Yes, there needs to be balance with this team, but maybe it is Jonah's, Jonah is the spark to this team. And if he is, he needs to find a way to find that fire every night. I still feel their non-conference should have been stronger. And they've got OABCIG next, who's on a four-game winning streak right mm-hmm. now. Yes, they only scored 41 against Westwood. Yes, they only scored 49 against Fridgeview. Still, they're on a four-game winning streak right now. I don't know if that team's slowing it down against them and holding on to the ball for a bit. But, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do against OABCIG here this mm-hmm. week. Um, but talk about a team that's kind of a one-trick pony with Cooper DeGene. After that, you're kind of struggling to find that number two guy there. So we'll see what happens there, but I still feel this non-conference is, is going to be a thing that hurts Siouxland Christian because, you know, they didn't really see anyone that nope. tough. I mean, Lawton, Lawton Bronson was their toughest game outside River Valley and, and, and before OABCIG here. And, you know, I just – I don't know if it's something that no one wanted to play them or what, what the deal was, but because according to this, they've only got six games left. And – that's, that's a little problematic, too, when it comes to postseason when you only have six games on. Something tells me there's games not entered because I don't think their season magically ends in the middle of the February. So. I wouldn't think so either, but I'm, let me, let's kind of bear our 21 right at 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, plus 6. Okay, so they're eligible for two more games, and maybe that, that had to do with postponements or something like that with Mother Nature. So if they have eight games left, then that is enough time to find a way to to kind of much everything together. But it needs to, like Sergeant Bluff, it needs to happen now. Now is Sigling Christian better shape than Sergeant Bluff? Yeah, I do. But there's I should I should mention there's the conference tournament in there. That oh, I'll okay, add to okay. Well, there you go. There's that that'll that'll do it then. But. I don't know. I, I I think Suleyn Christian will be fine. I do agree with you that they could have had a stronger non-conference schedule. Maybe they didn't. Maybe beating Emerson Hubbard eighty-five to fourteen. They maybe they didn't have a hand in scheduling that because it was in the Cenos. But 
they could have scheduled better Christian schools. Not necessarily even Christian schools, maybe even better public schools to play, to get yeah, themselves they, ready for um, the postseason. Could they have played a Western Christian, maybe? That's a good question. We don't know. I don't know. A Unity Christian, you know, even even scheduling tougher Christian opponents, like Christian school opponents, like Unity and Western are out yep. there. They played Trinity, but who knows what Western Christian or Unity said if they were approached. So, we don't know both sides of that one. So, and and if you were Western or Unity, would you play a team like Siouxland? Yes, absolutely. I would too. I would too. What do you got to lose from it? And then it's two Christian schools, and yeah, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But that that's a nice little incentive with it too. And maybe even playing a team like Keelan would have been a good good opportunity for Siouxland Christian and. And I think Keelan's starting to figure some things out, and I'm eager to see them on Friday to see what they can do. But, um, yeah, I feel like Christian should have scheduled a stronger conference, non-conference schedule. Nothing they can do about the non-conference. But, I mean, let, let's put it this way for Western Christian. Is Siouxland Christian better than West Sioux? No. Are they better than New Alfonda? No. Have they traditionally been better than Spencer? Uh, I'm sorry. That's that's a that is also a conference game, so I shouldn't say that. But you know, so you have Newell Fonda and West Sioux in there, so those are two non-conference games right there. Right. And so I don't think Western Christian would be scared to play Siouxland Christian then, because I mean, there you go. I mean, Newell Fonda has been you know good too. So Harrisburg's another non non-con in there that they have, and I, I, Harrisburg's gonna get good in the future. And Homer. So Wor- Worthington in there. Um, Bishop Helan, T. So it's not like they, you know, it's probably easier to go to, uh, well, it's not too far from Western Christian to T. So probably easier to go to Sioux City than, than from Hall sometimes. So, you know, it's, it's, it could be, but we don't know both sides of that but, story, so I shouldn't speculate. But if you go to Hall, you get Pizza Ranch. Well, you can get Pizza Ranch in Sioux City. Well, so. you have to go to the north side to get it, but yes, you well. You're, it's a farther drive to home. <laughs> no, I know. So, I mean, good try, but you know, it is, it is a little closer to that one there. So, yeah. Um, switching to the girls' side. On, well, actually, looking at the Western Valley Conference because, you know, things are getting a little interesting in there. You know, River, River Valley might have set themselves up to be the uh, – the ones to beat in that conference after that win, um, you know, because they have that lead there. OAB said you trying to make a run. Lawton Bronson's in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're tough to read sometimes. Ben Thielander makes them roll. Um, there's some other pieces that, that that are good in there, but OAB CIG actually leads the conference with them. <laughs> um, I'm still waiting to see what they can do outside Cooper. That's the key yep. there. River Valley is seven and one. Sudan Christian six and one. Lawton, Bronson, four and two. So that's why that OAB side G game, Siouxland Christian game, that's huge. Bigger yep. now because you know if Siouxland Christian loses it, they might be out of the race. So and that might affect their conference tournament seating too if they do it that way. I'm not sure how they do it, but you're right. That OAB CIG game uh, against Siouxland Christian is is very big, and OAB CIG is on a four game winning streak um, before two. Yeah, sorry, four game winning streak. Uh, going into the Siouxland Christian game on Thursday. And, yeah, they started out with a couple of road bumps. They went in – they started coming out of holiday break with 
Um, three tough games against Newell Fonda, Denison, and South Central Calhoun. But they learned from that and bounced back from it and beaten uh, Lawton Bronson, Woodbury, Ridgeview, and Westwood by good margins. So uh, I think the Falcons are back in shape. And, and I think those three losses to the Mustangs, Monarchs, and South Central Calhoun did, did them some good. Yeah, they're going to need scoring, though, because out of the 41 points they scored against Westwood, 31 came from Cooper. Oh. Uh, well, yeah, in the I 49 see that now. points they scored see against Ridgeview. However, against Ridgeview, William Grody did have 15. Austin uh, Waterup had 12. Cooper had 15 in that, which I'm pretty sure is a season low. So, um, granted, Westwood's really down. They might have had Cooper out there and pulled him out. So after a bit, so cause there's a lot of people that played in that Westwood. Yeah, I see that too. So a lot, a lot of people. So I almost wonder if that was a slow him down kind of game. From that, that was tonight too, by the way. So they also because they're supposed to play a game on Monday, and I believe it says here it's post, it was postponed. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe they're resting them up for the Siouxland Christian game. So that should be interesting because they also, yeah. So that that's the only game of the week for them this well the second game of the week for them mm-hmm. this week. So um looking at the girls' side of things, Helen. We keep talking about him. <laughs> that's because they keep knocking off ranked. Don't opponents. be number one. So hey man, they, they they knocked off East on Monday um in impressive fashion with their defense. They trailed at, at the end of the first quarter to Unity, dominated the rest of the game. They had a night they had a double digit lead by halftime. They turned a six-point deficit into a double-digit lead. And once again, it was the defense. And, you know, they, they – and, and tonight it was it was the guard combo of Amber Asoff and Caitlin Stanley that went off in the first half and really had good games. Uh, Asoff of 24 and Stanley of 22, and they're known for their defense, but their offense really was, was key tonight too. So when those two get going, that just adds a whole new dynamics because I guarantee the Schoonhovens are guarding Ellis Skinner as much as they yep. could. And those two really opened up the game for them tonight. And that's that's what you really want to see out of the Healing team. Their guards being able to score like that when when teams are really focusing on Ellis Skinner. That just makes them even more. Dangerous. Yeah, and and especially when a girl like Amber Asoff goes off for twenty four points that like like that, it just adds another dynamic. And when you, it never hurts to have as many dynamics as you can. And with Asoff scoring twenty four, and I'm sure a lot of those were in transition due to steals and things like that. And if that was the case, then that just, that just adds to all the things that we've talked about with Heelan's defense so far this year. Heelan's defense, I think it's one of the best. I think Heelan's defense might be the best in the entire area, and that includes Newell Fonda if we're talking on the girls' side. They're just so dynamic, and I, dynamic, and I know I've talked about them a lot in this podcast, but when they go, get into a zone, they just get so long, and when Skinner, Ellis Skinner's down there, taking taking up a lot of the paint and not letting the opposition take her over, cut in front of her in that paint, and bigs get buried with Skinner, they're forced to pass it around on the outside. And when Katie Cook and Amber Asoff use their length and tip as many passes as they do, it, it does create problems. And and I'm glad to see that that defense. It's just improving week by week, game by game. And we'll see if that continues for the rest of the season. I'm sure it will, and I'm eager to see whether it does or not. 
Yeah, it'll continue. I mean, that's a really good defensive team. Uh, it's been a really good defensive team under Darren Colster for a while. They had 18 steals last night against East. In the last two games, Amber Asoff has 43 points. She had 19 last night. With Amber Asoff finding their offensive game, this this just makes this team more deadly. And uh, it's just like I said, it's another another tool for them. And you know, Stan, like I said, Stanley also has 34 points the last two nights as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, she was 10 of 13 from the free throw line against East. So yeah, uh, East, you know, they're, they're going to, they're one of the top teams in class three A and keep proving it. Yes. They've been knocked off the number one spot twice, but also stayed in the top five and keep winning key games. And, and, uh, now they've got East and unity out of the way. Their next, uh, big game, Western Christian on February 1st, they're at Western Christian, you know that North Lamar's West those are kind of easier games right now, but then you got then you got Western Christian and that'll be a key game for them, uh, and and that'll be a key game for Western Christian. Shifting gears, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Western Christian here in a bit, but I want to touch on the on the East girls. They're out of the Merak race. I think they're doing. Lost to Helon. I think that takes them out of this, out of the East race. I, I um, can I jump in here? Can I jump in here for a second? I think the Lincoln loss hurts East more than the Helon loss on Monday night does. Uh, they're both equally there because they're back-to-back losses that really take them out. I mean, not actually back-to-back. I did the one against Lamar's on Thursday. I just – I don't know because uh, the loss to Helan. I just – even if they would have lost to Helan, I would have felt it's Helan's conference. I don't know how East would have gotten back in even if they would have lost – even if they would have beat Lincoln. I think it would have been Helan's conference to win after that. Yeah, I do so, agree with you that Monday's had more precedence in terms of the conference grades, knowing what happened last week at East against Lincoln. But, but I think that Lincoln lost. I think that they're either equal. They're equal. They're equal. They're honestly equal. You have a two-point loss. You have a ten-point loss. When you have, when you're right with them in the third quarter. They're, they're with them in the second half, and they let both games slip away. They had to come back in the one. I, I think they're about equal right now because it's. Either one, you take that loss, Helan's going to be above you right. either way. So that's kind of the thing. I mean, he I, the Helan one is actually what puts him above them. So, I mean, if they beat Lincoln, Helan still is ahead of him right now. So based on games. I mean, there's a tie there, but East would still have to play Lincoln yet. They both still have to play Lincoln yet, I believe. So yeah. it's, it's tough to say which one hurts more, to be honest. They both hurt pretty much right now. I bet you Drent will tell you that when – one loss doesn't hurt more than the other right now because uh, he, he'd like to have both, yeah. and they were in both. So they had their chances to win both and just went through offensive droughts. That's their thing right now. Yep. Too many offensive droughts for East right now, and I just feel they're too tired of an offensive team to, to have those droughts. Especially early. Scoring only six on Monday night against Geelan. Granted, Geelan's defense is what it is, and then only scoring 15 first-half points against Lincoln. They have to find a way to get it started early. And, and that just goes back to what uh, Naya Du told me last week is, is that sometimes the effort, not the effort, but the execution and practice doesn't always carry over to the game. And, and that's unfortunate. You always want to be consistent. And when it doesn't happen in practice, it probably won't happen in games. And I think that's what's hurting East right now. It's just this lack of execution. Yep, exactly. That, that'll, that'll always haunt you. If you can't execute against good teams, it's going to get you out. And this team feels so close, but they just can't. You know, that hump. Their next game is against Jefferson. They got West, North. 
Then it's against Lewis, a good, a good Lewis uh-huh. Central team at Lewis Central. That's going to be key to them. Can they get things? Can they write that ship for that Lewis Central game? Because Lewis Central, Sergeant Bluff, Lincoln, Lamar, Zinner Gorman. It's a tough stretch. They, they really need to get things short up in these next three games. They're going to have a chance to make a deep postseason run. Uh, the other team that Helen beat, Unity. They're another team that's kind of tough to figure out. You know they have the Schoonhoven sisters. They've got five losses on the season. They've lost to Western Christian, Helan, a loss to Lamar's, which is concerning, and MCRU and Cherokee. You know, those other ones don't really bother you nope. as much. they got a win against Hinton, which is nice. Um, so the, they have a win against Sioux Falls Christian by 30. That's not the same Sioux Falls Christian team that we know. They are dealing with major injuries, including to their best player. Um, so it's, it's tough to make what Unity is. They're, they entered the rankings this week. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do against Sioux Center on Thursday. And they've got at West Sioux. And West Sioux's kind of dropped off, too. So that's a must-need game for, for them uh, next Tuesday uh, in that one. So I want to, it'll be interesting to see how Unity Christian does this. They've got the Schoonhovens. They kind of need that second – they uh, the third and fourth score. Mm-hmm. See who steps up there. Emma Biker has at times. Jenna Bauman has at times. I think one of those two needs to be more consistent – for them to make a deep postseason. I do too. Uh, it can't be just the Schoonhovens, and they've done fantastic this year, averaging uh, 19.7. Dutch Janey and Gracie averaging 14.5. Jenna Bauma has to find a way to score more. Maybe maybe she needs to be a better force down low. And then Emma Biker, like you said, needs, needs to be a bigger presence. Even as a sophomore, she needs to step up. Um, that's the thing. She's a sophomore. Yeah. We're not we're not picking on a sophomore here and what what they need to do to do to get over the hump. So I'm gonna say that. I mean, this is a young team. It is. it is a very young team. Just just like it was in volleyball. So yeah, it is a young team, but it is it is a team that has experience that has that has watched games as young kids uh, with other with other Unity teams having success. And I know they want that success too. I know what I think they know what it takes to have that success. It just isn't computing what it what it has been in the past so far. Yeah. Um, shifting to the other Christian school in the area, Western Christian. Uh, nice one over Esterville tonight, holding them to 32 points, the same amount of points they gave up against Lake. Lake last night. Back-to-back games, they performed very well. And just this Western Christian team, Abby Postma, 18. Olivia Grandstra, 14. McKay Vant Hall. Only four points, 16 rebounds. Grandstra, seven rebounds. Um, they've been, uh, Grandstra and, and Abby Postma have been consistent. Then you added Madison Viss and McKay Van Hall and Allie Postma. Um, yeah, they had four double figures last night with Abby Postma scoring 18 and having eight. I just feel this team is just so well balanced. They're getting better each game. And I'm, I'm I don't know, that, that Healing Western Christian game is looking very good right now because. Western Christian's playing very good defense as well, and they've got really well-balanced scoring. They're becoming a force in two AI. I do too, and with the with her twelve rebounds on on Tuesday night, Van Hole gets over the century mark for this season in rebounds with one hundred and four. So good for her, forty three offensively and sixty one defensively. I do too. I I completely agree with you. I think Western is finding its groove right now. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I think the loss to East was well received. I think that was a wake up call to them. 
maybe the loss to Harrisburg was too, but I think the one to East more so. And and granted, there were some circumstances with that. They weren't going to get to play in the Tyson. It was moved to East High School. But learning from that East loss and looking at their schedule, yeah, they have a couple of tough games with Spencer and Cherokee and Heelan. I'm not sure what he has. But, um, yeah, I, I think Western can build on this and make a deep, deep run, not only for the remainder of the regular season, but also in regionals and maybe even make it to regional final and maybe even get back to Des Moines for for the umpteenth time. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I think they can make that kind of deep run and be in Wells Fargo. Um, I, I'll point out they played Esterville Lincoln Central back in December 10th, lost 45-43. That is a huge That's a huge swing, swing. To, to go 54-32, especially playing back-to-back nights. Esterville will say, yeah, long trip. Well, Western Christian had to go to Spirit Lake mm-hmm. last night, and they came back, and they did fine. So they had they had a long trip, one on the road, came back home, and, yeah. Uh, so I, I can't really buy the, the trip to Hall for Esterville um, unless they played last night, which they did not. So that's back-to-back losses for them, too, because New Alfonso beat them by 22 the other night, too. So, um, so, yeah, so that's a very impressive win for Western Christian, um, that aspect. Shifting gears to wrestling, there's a big wrestling duel in uh, involving uh, Helan tonight. It was at Helan. Helan was not involved in the big duel. West Sioux and Logan Magnolia were both there, along with Woodbury Central. And West Sioux, number four in 1A, faced Logan Magnolia, number five in 1A. And West Sioux won 46-24, I believe. I'm getting that score correct. That is a huge win for West Sioux in terms of what they want to do as a program this year. Um, because I'll be honest, I think there's a little bit of separation between the top three schools and where West Sioux is at. But if West Sioux can do that against Logan Magnolia, I think they might have opened some eyes tonight in, in, in getting that win against Logan Magnolia. Not just getting the win, but uh, you know, picking up some big wins where it really mattered. And Yeah, Logan Magnolia ranked fifth there. You know, with Underwood, I think this may put Underwood on notice for West Sioux getting above them. For Don Bosco and Lisbon, I still don't know if West Sioux's there with them. Those two just look like a powerhouse right now um, with those two. But, you know, maybe this shows that West Sioux and Duels can get there. I think West Sioux can get some, some guys in there to make deep enough runs to compete for a team trophy down there. And I think this one against Logan Magnolia, yes, it's a dual win, but it shows you some things. And, shows, and with the bonus points, some of those guys are picking up, like Adam Allard. And I need to point out Adam Allard tonight. Guy going for his fourth state title, number one in, at 126, obviously. Faces Bo Kling and Smith in the Woodbury Central one. Beats Bo Kling and Smith by a 2-0 decision. That's a state title level match right there. And it's a huge win from Adam Allard right there. Bo Kling and Smith uh, picked up three, uh, two other ones tonight, two against some good opponents. Uh, he got Wyatt Reese. Uh, and, and Adam Allard got Wyatt Reese too, so. Really good night for Allard. Really good night. Uh, a good night for Bo. Because uh, Allard also really he beat uh, Ethan DeLeon 15-1 uh, to 1 tonight, too. He's been an impressive freshman for Helan. So Adam Allard is looking really good right now. Um, I'll, I'll give Bo credit. You know, the 2 nothing loss. He didn't get as much offense tonight as I bet you he'd want based on his matches. But he had to wrestle three times against three tough opponents. He had to go against DeLeon, too. So that's a really tough night for those two. And those two came out really well with Adam Allard coming out on top. 
So, uh, yeah, that one twenty six just seems so deep and so far. Is that two to nothing? Is that two to nothing match kind of what you expected between Clayton Smith and Allen? Just two powerhouses just going against one another, kind of, kind of like any other sport when you have two big big time guys go up against like that. You expect that to be a low scoring match? Yeah, with where it shows that Clayton Smith is doing better against Tom top competition because I know the state title match did not go the way he wanted to last year in terms of his defense. Um, it, you know, we all know how good of a defensive wrestler Adam Allard is and how tough it is to score against Adam Allard. But his offense is not talked about enough, I feel. And for Bo to hold him to two, I think that's good there. I think that's Bo hanging in there pretty tough right there. So I think that shows a little bit more about Bo. I, I mean, Allard gets the win and it shows how good he is. I think that shows a little, little bit more about Bo right there too, about how good he's been defensively lately, and and, and he's picked it up. He still needs a little more offense against some of these top guys. Um, you know, when you lose two nothing, that that's that's an obvious thing there too. But he's come along right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was the one twenty six title match when we get to Des Moines. But that's good that that those two have um a state title level match at this point in the season to kind of get their minds right. For the postseason, with yeah. sectionals three weeks away, exactly, it's something they they would have definitely wanted right there too. I mean, they, neither one shies down from competition. And it's good, you know. Woodbury Central gave uh, Westview a good duel too. I believe uh, Westview took that forty two twenty six. So Woodbury Central hanging in there tough. They're getting better as it's going on. I mean, losing Wade Mitchell is a huge loss, but you know, there's some of their younger guys are starting to come along, like Max McGill and such. So Nate Monahan wrestled well tonight. So. They're starting to come along, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. I don't know if they it's just it's just tough without Wade Mitchell. That's a lot of points that you're losing right there. So, uh, but Nate Monahan's wrestling well, Bo Kling and Smith's wrestling well. So the, the, those two are really carrying them right now. Yeah, that's good. What else did you see in wrestling the last few days? Anything else? Uh, stuff because a bunch of the stuff got rained out yeah. uh, or got snowed out this weekend. So it's it's really it wasn't. It's hard to see some stuff, but Sergeant Bluff winning three tonight. Was big. I mean, they did it in dominating fashion against Westline and Boyd and Holland. They crushed Spirit Lake and just, God, it's just, it's disappointing to see how much Spirit Lake has dropped off from last year. I know they graduated a ton, but, you know, there's people like Isaac Dixon that really haven't stepped up this year. John Burnett really seems to be all they have. It's, it's, it's kind of, when you go to a team that, you know, was disappointed they didn't make it to the regional final duel against Sergeant Bluff, which I felt, you know, Bishop Heelan knocked them off as in they, I thought they upset them. I thought Spirit Lake dropped a couple matches they shouldn't have that would have gotten them into the regional final um, for the duels. So to go from that to barely being able to score. Yeah. Like that's, that's just, that's just really disappointing to go from, to go from a regional duel, a potential regional duel team to a team that came home with a trophy from state last year, a third place trophy from state to a team that will send one guy to state and everyone else is, might be out by sectionals. That's that's, that's disappointing, but that's just the ebbs and flows of what programs go through sometimes, and Spirit Lake just getting a bad bite of it right now. I, I don't know. I feel I, I, there's just something missing right there, and it concerns me. Andrew's done a great job with the program, so it's not him. So, But I, I don't know. It's it's. I know they lost Reek. I know they lost a lot. Dakota Powell, but that's just concerning how much this, this program has dropped off in a one-year span. It just dropped off the map. So, But Sergeant Buff dominating again. I mean, they're, 
they're one thirteen through, especially one one twenty through one seventy is just so good. Um, what add you can add a one thirteen in there. I think Aiden's wrestling better each time, but they're one twenty through one seventy is just so good. So another dominating performance by then, and we'll see what happens this weekend at OABCIG with uh, Sergeant Bluff seeing Don Bosco, Woodbury Central seeing some Don Bosco there. Uh, see how some of these local kids do do with the OABCIG like Jake Neiman and such. So. Yeah, what what are you looking most looking forward to out of that OABCIG tournament coming up on Saturday? See where some of the Sergeant Bluff kids at those lower weight classes fit with the Don Bosco kids. Uh, see where Nate Curry kind of sits in with them. See where Blake Levy sits in with them. Um, it's going to be a very interesting, very interesting duel to me. I mean, yeah, see where Nate Curry kind of sits with with Michael McLelland, uh in that aspect. Um, there's going to be a lot of, of big-time matchups there. I mean, Bo Smith will be there, too, with Nate Curry as well. So you have three-ranked guys right there on the top five. So that's pretty big right there. If I'm, if I'm getting that right, i got to make sure I'm pulling up the rankings here now, too. Um, and these rankings might change by, by the time it comes right. on. But you have, you'll, you'll have a lot in there. Um, Nate, Nate Curry is 132. I don't know why I'm thinking 126 for him, but um, – when you get in that aspect, you know, at 132, you still have Easton Larson in there, too, as well. So what will Nate Curry do against Easton Larson? Um, when, when we get to 152, you still have Cal Frost against – oh, my gosh. You have Cal Frost against Jack uh, Gakel right there. I want to see that match so bad. I cannot tell you how much I want to see that match right there with Jack and such. How how is how is Jake Neiman going to do against Cal uh Ron Avardi? I cannot pronounce his name, so I apologize. Sounds like a tough so, name for now. Um, yeah, it's it's not the easiest and so how how's that all going to roll? Um 160 you have Cal Tenod and you have Nate Monahan sitting there. Um well how does Matthew Hadid match up against both those guys? That'll be interesting to see. At 170, you have Carson Tenall. How is Blake Levy going to do against him? There are so many uh, Don Bosco, Sergeant Bluff matchups here. Um, some Woodbury Central matchups here, too. It'll be really interesting to see how it all comes out, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. How, how are these guys going to match against Don Bosco? Um, can they steal some points? Where is it all going to come from? It's going to be a fun day on Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you I'm come sorry. out of that. I'm sorry. On Friday, and it's a two-day tournament. starts on Friday. I'll be there on Saturday, so uh, I, I should mention that as well. I got to see who else is there just to make sure I'm not missing anyone out of this. Um, well, why do you look- Western Christian West, Western Christian is there, so you also have Tristan Mulder that's going to be there as well. Uh, his younger brother is wrestling pretty well, too. Um, along that line, Emmitsburg always has a guy or two. They're a little down. So I don't quite know. Uh, Trey Shuck is going to be there. I forgot Silvio Cheatin is there. So when I say 132 pounders, you know, you're also going to have Trey Shuck there as well from Silvio Cheatin. Where is he going to match up with this? Because I don't feel that his year, he would say his year is going how he quite wants it to. Why well, ask him that? We shall see. Um, you know, where do some of the Sioux Center kids at the upper weight classes fill out? The South Central Calhoun will be bringing some decent guys. Where do some of the upper class guys from West Lyon fit in? Because Jordan Vandermeer knocked off Chris Vanderbrink tonight. That was a huge win for Jordan. So where does he kind of fit in all of this uh, when it's all said and done? 
Um, looking at 285 for this, Don Bosco doesn't have 285 pounders, so it'll be interesting to see if there's anyone that matches up against him. I really want to see Jordan Vandermeer after he knocked off Chris Vanderbrink tonight. I think he's having a heck of a season. So that's something I want to see there too. So there's a lot of individual matchups I want to see. I, I Friday I'll sit down and map them all out. So yes, it's it's gonna be. Fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you come out of that from Ida Grove. And make sure to check out SiouxCityJournal.com for all content: wrestling, basketball, and everything else about college and high school as we near the uh, postseason season of the winter schedule here in the Siouxland. For more, check out SiouxCityJournal.com, as I said, for more podcasts, if you've missed past podcasts, uh, videos, stories, you can catch up on everything right there at SiouxCityJournal.com. For Sioux City Journal Sports Editor Justin Retz, this is Assistant Sports Editor Zach James. Thank you so much. Stay safe again this week. The weather's going to get probably a little bit dicey, not as bad as last week, but uh, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.